Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to... Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you got to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the echo guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony There's quite a few things that Don Tony does not like to watch On TV or online For example, I can't stand CNN Ballets Rodeo Country music Anything Kardashian, men on men loving, <gasps> Jersey Shore, animal abuse commercials, they need your help, and Mike fucking Johnson. And who in their right mind, I don't give a shit, CM Punk handpicked Mike Johnson. No, Don Tony, you're jealous. First of all, I don't interview people, and second of all, nobody fucking handpicks me. You, our listeners, handpick me. Oh, CM Punk can't pick Mike Johnson to interview. You know what's going to happen at StarCast this weekend, everyone. You know because Mike Johnson got owned by Triple H. Process of elimination is going to be a shot or two towards WWE and Triple H in that interview. And Mike Johnson is going to have his second fucking orgasm. The first one taking place at ECW One Night Stand 2005. If you didn't see it, you weren't there. You missed a magical moment i actually saw moist in his groin area what's up everyone i'm back 
back. Don Tony here. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blasi slash blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm doing them together for the simple reason that I had surgery less than a week ago. I am fucking hurting. I wasn't doing this show. I don't think I'm doing next Monday's show. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do next Tuesday's show because the recovery has been very, very slow. But since this is pre-recorded, I get to do it in little spurts, in little chunks. And then when you hear this on the download, everything is spliced together all nice. And you think, oh, Don Tony did a full-blown episode, which is true. But unfortunately, right now, doing live shows are a little bit difficult for yours truly. But uh, I just want to thank everybody for the well wishes. Uh, had the surgery last Thursday. Did a little more than taking out the gallbladder. Let's just leave it at that. But unfortunately, the pain in my lower rib cage is still there. Doctors are hoping in that with hoping in. Is that even a word? Doctors are hoping that within the next two to three weeks, the pain will start subsiding. Siding. There was so much irritation and other shit going on there. And remember, you know, with the cysts and the other things going on, that could be part of it as well. But I got to thank all of you out there for the well wishes. You know, I don't ask for it. You know, I do appreciate it, though. And uh, I'm going to do my best to give you as good of a possible job that I do on these shows. And remember something. I know once in a while we have some podcast controversy. I know once in a while there's a little bit of frustration and anger, and most of the reasons are legitimate. But one thing is for certain, and I can assure everybody out there about this, yours truly ain't going anywhere. Yes, if health comes in a way, relationship, real life situations, if our audience is nowhere the numbers it used to be, yeah, then it will end one day. But I promise everybody out there, as long as you keep tuning in, that these shows will continue. And I will talk about what Conrad said earlier this week because my views are going to be quite different than a lot of people out there. And we'll segue into that a little bit later, but um, just getting back to what I was saying, and I hope my friends in the podcasting land uh, do not take this the wrong way. And then I know that they won't because especially Mish, Mish will understand what I'm talking about when I say this. But since 1997, yours truly has... Do not does not need anybody. I planned on doing my own thing and always doing my own thing. And yes, people have joined and we have become an extended family. And one thing is for certain, as long as you keep tuning into all the shows, even if I couldn't stand every podcaster that I have ever dealt with, you can put animosity, frustration, bullshit aside, and for a short period of time, put out a great fucking show for everybody out there. And that is going to continue. It's nothing personal. Yes, it gets a little frustrating at times. Yes, it seemed like everything was like the perfect storm for yours truly between the health and bills and this and workload and all this others. It came piling in. But you know what? At the end of the day, you stood by my side. I will always stay by your side and we're going to have a lot of fun. I, I really hope that what is being planned out in January where yours truly could expand outside of the DTKC soup circle. Uh, I'm really excited for it. And I want everybody to understand this. 
you know, the DTKC soup inner circle, it's not like the mafia. It's not the NWO. It's not a marriage where everybody has to get permission from others. Everybody is their own individual person. Nobody's stopping anybody from doing anything on their own. Bottom line. But anyway, I want to come up here and do as quick as a show as possible because I'm already starting to feel certain areas of my midsection barking at me and I want to get right into it. Obviously, the big news this weekend taking place. I mean, all of you know about it already. And that's uh, John Krauser, stand up, Second City. Those in the Chicago area, you don't know what you're missing. John Krauser, good friend of the family, had the privilege of meeting up with him uh, this past April at Lucky 13, where all you motherfuckers got together with yours truly in soup for WrestleMania weekend. And we are getting together again sometime next year. We're trying to gun it for WrestleMania. I am working on that as well. But anybody out there that's into comedy, stand-up comedy, I always talk about Second City. That is one of, obviously, many famous um, you know, areas to hone your craft over the years. Dangerfields is one here in New York that I used to go to when I was a kid. In fact, here's a little trivia for everybody out there. My junior prom... Me and my friends went to Dangerfields, and we were so pissed off because we heard that Rodney Dangerfield was actually at the club the night before, and we fucking missed it. We did not get a chance to see Rodney Dangerfield, but we went junior year. Senior year, we fucking just rented a limo. I think we went to Rockaway Beach and fucking drank and did nothing. I remember that clear as day, too. I remember for those, you know, because like I said, this is Breakfast of Blossie and blah, blah, blah combined. But senior year, I had no date. Some of my friends did not have dates either. I'm not going to fucking bullshit on Twitter and say, oh, I was the fucking king prom, blah, blah, blah. No, we had no dates. We decided to get a limousine anyway, and we showed up at Terrace on a Park. That's where the, the senior prom was taking place. We showed up. And trust me, you got to understand something. This is late 80s, so it's going to sound really ridiculously corny right now. And yes, it is corny. But we fucking cranked ZZ Top's sharp-dressed man coming out of the limousine. And we stuck out bottles of champagne from the fucking sunroof. And we started drinking right up front where they valet park everyone or they pull open everybody's limousine. And everybody's looking at us like, oh, man, they look so cool. And we felt like fucking dweeb. We felt like fucking nerds. Yeah, I was saying this on social media a couple of days ago. You know, let this sink in. For all of you out there that are in your 30s and beyond, think back to when you were in grammar school. Think back to when you were in junior high school or even high school. And you'd get these fucking nerds that would just talk like a lot of gossip and washwoman stuff. You know, bitch and complain. Those fucking nerds, you would give them wedgies, you'd shoot spitballs in their face, you would tell them to grow the fuck up, the girls would fucking laugh and walk away for the heterosexual, you know, people out there. Um, And now, just think about the fact that you see grown-ass adults who are old enough to be fathers and grandfathers on social media talking more childish than a fucking 12-year-old. And it it boggles my mind, and I want people to understand that when yours truly is not tweeting as much as I used to, that is a permanent thing. I have decided to intentionally enjoy my life out in the real world than fucking have this social media, you know, created life that unfortunately a lot of mutual people that we deal with online have done. 
And you got to keep in mind, too, a lot of the people I poke fun of, I know a lot of you try to play detective. You say, oh, he's talking about this person. And most of the time, you're probably right or who you're thinking about. But just think of someone who is an, an addict. Think of someone who's addicted to drugs. You could tell them to their face, you got a drug problem, man. You got an alcoholic problem, man. You got a gambling problem, man. And they will fucking look you in the face and fucking act like, yeah, you're right. I got to do something about it. But the, the addiction overtakes everything. They don't care because they need that rush. And there's too many fucking grown-ass adults on social media that need that rush of likes and responses. I saw people complaining about Bailey. I saw people bitching and complaining about this. Sure, the Roman Reigns storyline on SmackDown is God-fucking-awful. I don't blame anybody out there to be criticizing something that they love to watch, which is pro wrestling. I'm not saying that, but at least be fucking even about it. If you love other promotions, and there's a lot of people out there that are guilty of this. If you fucking love Impact Wrestling as much as you do right now, if you are so goddamn excited about AEW, if you're fucking in love with New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you still can't get over the fact that Lucha Underground is, is pretty much done, if you fucking love Ring of Honor, then why do you never tweet or support the feds that you fucking love. Man, they, uh, I've been watching blah, 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 and it's fucking great lately. Well, why don't you ever talk about it? The answer is simple. The answer is simple. And for all of the wrestlers who bust their ass in Ring of Honor, bust their ass in New Japan, bust their ass in Impact Wrestling, bust their ass, AEW is about to launch, so we'll keep AEW out of that. For all of those wrestlers that are busting their behinds and killing themselves for your entertainment, I don't care how much you gush about them when they show you a little of attention, but when you don't fucking acknowledge them and put over their shows and put over their product, but instead spend 90% of your tweets bitching about a WWE, which you're not happy with, you're disrespecting every single person who is busting their ass in those other organizations. And that's the thing that bothers me probably more than anything about wrestling and social media right now. There are so many fake people out there that say, oh, I fucking love NXT, NXT religious. I watch it every single week. And then you see the Street Profits make a cameo on Raw. Hey, you know, the Street Profits, man, you know, and then talking like they've never seen them before. Or Lars, Lars gets to the main roster and you see some of these dweebs on fucking social media talking about like, you know, that move's impressive. You know, he fucking, wow, that's awesome. If you're fucking watching NXT on a regular basis, you've seen that move 10,000 times already. If you really support other groups out there, and this is advice to anybody, there's nothing wrong with bitching about WWE because you want the product to get better. You want the storylines to be more interesting. We're all probably lifers as far as wrestling fans go, and we want to see it get better. But Jesus fucking Christ, if WWE upsets you that much, why are 95% of your tweets wrestling related have to do with WWE? Why? Because they want to get tweet fucked. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. If they tweet about a wrestler in uh, Impact Wrestling that a lot of people haven't heard of, what are you going to get? One like? Two responses? Maybe none at all? That's not what they want. That's not what they want. They want acknowledgement. 
And that is so goddamn disrespectful for all of those other wrestlers out there. And I promise everybody out there, you know, this is why I always say, and this is not to throw shade on Soup or Kev or anybody else out there, but I always emphasize, I've been doing this for years and years and years. Please keep my views separate from Kev's. Please keep Soup's views separate from mine. And you know what? Every single person who I do shows with and John and Joey and everybody else would agree with that as well. Everybody has their own individual view on something. Case in point, Conrad. Big thing in podcast land this week because Conrad, who has been doing so many of these great podcasts with Bischoff and Shimani, look, is, is a part of this a big time money grab on his part? Sure, but it's a, it's a business. I've always said I've never had any problems with Starcast. I've had some great debates with Mish on it. You know, I go back to the Mass Maniac when Mass Maniac would have fucking scrubs selling 50 tickets to be part of a wrestling event. And no different than a podcast paying two grand to be on Podcast Row. You know, sure, some people would think that that's, you know, fucking cutthroat and unprofessional, blah, blah. It's a business, but... He ruffled a lot of podcast feathers earlier this week because he was on uh, the Total Engagement show with Matt Kuhn. Uh, and you know what? Before I go, go any further, you know, I said this earlier, and I told, this is just me, and I'm sorry. I got to get back into the swing of things. I was talking about John Krauser, you know, performing at Second City. For those that are in the Chicago area, you really don't know what you're missing. It's only one night only. And it's really like paying tribute to Andy Kaufman. You know, Andy Kaufman, everybody out there follows me a long time, knows is one of my favorite comedians of all time. Just fucking love that guy. You know, yeah, weird. And just you never knew you know, what you were getting with him. But he's doing, you know, pretty much a tribute to Andy Kaufman. It is this Sunday, September 1st. So if you're watching AEW, there's no excuse because AEW is on Saturday. It's at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are only 10 bucks. If you're a college student and you have ID, you only pay 8 If you're a member of the SC Training Center, you only pay 5 And you know what? If you fucking want to go to the show and you don't even have money and you say to me, DT, I want to go to the show, but I'm a little strapped for cash right now, you email me, dontony at dontony.com, and I will make sure that tickets will be there for you so you could go. I want you to support John because that man is fucking killing it. There's a lot of people on social media that will tweet that they're fucking killing it in real life, but he actually provides photographical proof and other things. Guy's fucking killing it. You'll get a great night of comedy, and at the same time, you're supporting Johnny. Seriously, Johnny and Friends, Second City, and uh, please go check it out. SecondCity.com. And also, happy birthday. I know it hasn't happened yet, but Leo, Uncle Leo, September 3rd, Happy birthday, my friend. All the best. Now, let's get back to Conrad. Did a podcast, total engagement show, talking about some big news. And yes, I'm going to include news as I'm doing some discussion over here. Some big news. WWE issued a press release. They're starting their old podcast network on Endeavor. Endeavor Audio is like an entertainment studio and they're going to be doing various WWE podcasts. There's going to be wrestlers doing it. There's going to be, you know, some series and, you know, I'm sure Liv might be doing her cooking or whatever they these people do. 
And before I even explain what Conrad says, a lot of you out there emailed it to me and say, hey, what do you think about WWE doing this podcast thing? WWE, for the second time, is late to the game when it comes to social media. A lot of people that are newer fans may not remember this, but I remember it because, you know, contrary to Bruce Mitchell out there, you know, let him pretend. I got all your emails and PMs, everyone. Hey, Bruce Mitchell with fucking goofy fucking Keller. He's telling everyone he's the longest podcaster out there doing 14 years strong. I don't know if this is a bragging thing or if this is depressing, but do you realize next year I'm entering my fourth decade doing hotlines and podcasts? So uh, to Mr. Mitchell... Um, I was uploading my hotline reports in 2001, and I actually was doing little mini-sodes online. And what's great about it is there's a a website called Wayback Machine. And if you go on Wayback Machine and you go back to 01, you could actually see all of the stuff that I posted. So if you want to talk about online stuff, see, I called it webcast at the time. But, um, you know, here's the thing I want everybody to understand. And this goes back to me fucking 22 years, all right? Unless you were part of the inner circle, playing footsie with fucking MLW's, whoever his fucking name is, you know, fucking giving hand jobs to Mike Johnson, Dave Shearer, Goofy Powell, fucking, you know, uh, the guy that's now with uh, TNA, fucking, uh, I can't remember his name, it's probably a good thing. Um, Unless you were part of their inner circle, you know, you were just looked at as an outcast. I remember when I was doing this stuff for XPW. And by the way, this week is the anniversary of XPW coming to the Northeast. And I'll spend a couple of minutes on a history show, which I have not done yet. I don't even know how the fuck I'm going to do it this weekend, but we'll get it done. And I'm going to talk about the events that led up to the first XPW event in the Northeast because I worked for them. And I remember still to this day, PWBTS.com. I can't believe that guy's fucking nuts haven't gotten cut off by now. Because he had no balls to begin with. And Mike Johnson, every, porn is coming to your neighborhood. Fucked with the State Athletic Commission. A lot of people don't even remember the big meeting that took place with the State Athletic Commission and XPW and CZW and Ring of Honor and WWE. And they even needed to get TNA to go there. Even though TNA really wasn't doing shows in Philly at the time. So I was there up close and personal. And then when I got sued from WWE, because I was going to do the bus trips for Shane Douglas for the first, you know, hardcore homecoming or whatever it is. And I got served with papers. I'll never forget Mike Johnson, wrestling fan, Anthony de Blasi gets sued. He had to throw the wrestling fan in there because I've never, ever been looked at as somebody who is in the business. And honestly, I don't look at myself as somebody that's ever been in the business either. Yes, I work for XPW, VPW, USA Pro. Yeah, Yes, I manage for about 40 shows over, over the years. But still, I never looked at myself as in the business. If you're not part of that inner circle, then you're never legitimate in their eyes. So let Bruce Mitchell protect pretend let him consider himself but you know i saw this many many years earlier but here's getting back to the wwe thing you know it was one time when wwe was not a fan of social media they did not want wrestlers to have twitter accounts they did not want them to have myspace accounts god forbid you had a fucking website They did not acknowledge social media, frowned on it, hated it, 
And then there was a little bit of a, of a turn. And I actually credit some of this to Triple H, even though Triple H is really not a social media guy either. But WWE for many years did not embrace social media. That's why you never saw a MySpace presence really with WWE. And you didn't even see early on with Twitter and some other things. Jesus Christ, Roman Reigns all of a sudden now fucking tweeting. Even though I still believe it, a lot of it is a fucking secretary. It's not, there's a lot of people that are famous. Could be wrestlers, athletes, musicians. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people get fooled out, fooled out there. They think, oh my God, he liked my tweet. Oh my God, she retweeted my tweet. Now I could die with a smile on my face. And usually it's a secretary. The best, and I don't want to name the person. I don't even want to name the podcaster. But something was going on on WWE television. And this podcaster tweeted a certain person. And this person liked the tweet. And this podcaster fucking totally gushed over it and meanwhile while the tweet was liked the person was in the ring i fucking laughed my ass off because it showed up on my wall and i'm like does this person because no this person do but the addiction of acknowledgement is more important and more powerful so wwe back then was late to the game of embracing social media. They are once again late to the game when it comes to podcasting. And the thing with podcasting, this reminds me of Bite This. And and here's the difference. WWE is having their own podcast network. They are not going to be able to control every little tidbit of what goes on if their shows are live. That was one of the problems that they had with Bite This, that, you know, you would have someone who would sneak in a comment or this is an ad and you would have people on the Internet saying they're going to bring up this, they're going to call into this. So if it's going to be interactive and some of these shows are going to be live, they're going to have to deal with a lot of questions that they're not used to like to answer publicly. So it's going to be interesting to see how this network proceeds. But this is something that WWE should have done five years ago, seven years ago. Jesus Christ, as I said earlier, uh, you know, in 2001, and, and honestly, if you want to go a little earlier, it was before that because I was pushing tickets for the original ECW and I was pushing it because of my hotline and the success that it had. And some people who worked for ECW actually knew how popular my hotline was. And I used to push tickets through there. And that's, you know, that's how it all started. And I thought, hey, if I could take my hotline reports and fucking just take a, a telephone cable, you know, the, the mono, you know, mic output that you would put on the side of a cordless phone, and I put it on the input of my computer in the back, the back of it, the microphone, this is 2000, everybody. And I, if I fucking hit play, yeah, the audio quality would be god-awful, garbage, but now the entire internet can hear what I do on my hotline locally. Then it led to Tombstone Ray and everything else. So WWE probably should have done this five to 10 years ago, but they're doing it now and it's going to be interesting. And, you know, it's, look, it's going to hurt some podcast out there. Not that, you know, Liv Morgan having a podcast is going to compete with fucking Joe blah, 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 blah podcast. But there's only so many hours in the day. 
And if you decide, hey, I'm going to tune into this professional WWE podcast first, and then I'll listen to my homeboy later on. And then there's not enough hours in the day and you don't listen to homeboy, then guess what? Those podcasts suffer. It's just hours in the day. So getting back to Conrad, they talked about the WWE launching their own podcast network and Conrad made this quote. The wrestling podcast bubble sort of burst a while back. And you know, once upon a time, people were boasting crazy numbers And it turns out maybe a lot of those were fabricated. Maybe, Conrad, a fucking plethora of people lied about their numbers, Conrad. Conrad was being nice. But anyway, getting back to his comments, not because they're dishonest wrestling people, not to say that wrestling people are dishonest. I'm just saying that they weren't being dishonest, but the company that was providing those metrics, they were bogus. And once that sort of collapsed, it didn't just affect wrestling podcasts, it affected podcasts everywhere, and one company in particular was gutted. So there was sort of a run on a bank, and everybody went to Westwood One thinking, oh, there's money in them hills. And slowly but surely, a lot of those shows went belly up. The golden era of, hey, you're going to print money doing a wrestling podcast. That's not reality. And the ones who have survived are the ones who are doing it either for the love of the game or doing it or doing really big numbers. And there's really nowhere in between. Now, when I heard that and I saw the reaction on social media by podcasters, I'm going to say it straight out. I was surprised. I was very surprised because one thing that I have talked about for almost 15 years When I branched away from the Minority Report, which was like 2005, that's almost 15 years ago, they were doing interviews with wrestlers. They were interviewing Baby Doll and Diamond Dolls Page and all these others. And I know how the game goes. Oh, hey, I'd love to have you on our show. We do fucking big numbers, this and that. And I remember one night almost 14 years ago, me and Mish, we were laughing our asses off. There was, you know, roundtable wrestling radio. I forget who they were interviewing. And we went on their stream because they did everything on the cheap. They used all the free outlets. And with the free outlets come with the actual numbers. And we were listening to it. And I think there was like three or four hosts at the time plus the guest. And so that's a total of five people involved with the show. And when we clicked to see the actual live numbers, I think it was at six or at eight, something like that. And you used to have podcasters all the time. I remember Chris Cash telling me this in 2006 that you would call up Steve Austin and others. Hey, man, we fucking get 50,000, 100,000 downloads a week. We'd love to have you on. And a lot of wrestlers, because they thought they were getting some decent exposure, you know, they would fucking do these interviews, not realizing that these shows actually only doing 30, 50, 100. I mean, it's just, this is something that's been going on for 15 years. So Conrad, to be honest with you, I thought he was being nice because a lot of people, a lot of people bullshit, say it bluntly. I always say that if you're going to do a podcast, you need to know how to record your own audio. You need to know how to upload. You need to know how to do this. You need to know how to put it here. You need to know. And the reason why you need to do all that is not just responsibility. 
and caring about what you do, but also to understand how things work, to understand how things get publicized, how you get noticed, how referrals work, and how all this other stuff works. And when you don't get involved with all of that, you have no idea how your numbers are generated. I have been following my numbers closely since I started doing stuff. You know, and, and again, I'm approaching my fourth decade. So a lot of the podcasts out there, they knew exactly what numbers they were doing. They didn't have to depend on a fucking hosting company to give them stats. You know, you have a good idea. You know when people are tuning in. I used to fucking, back in the day, look at every episode we do and try to see, hey, how come Breckwood Zablasi only did 70% of the listeners than this other show? And then I would dissect it further. And you remember 15 years ago, and I used to talk about, I used to be heard in 41 countries you know where I got that from? Because of where the sources are requesting the downloads from. And if one or two downloads came from fucking India, I count it as a country. When WWE talks about fucking, and I'm not comparing myself to WWE, the point is, is that, you know, these podcasts out there always inflated their shit. When he said that the bubble bursted, I think a lot of it had to do with YouTube. A lot of these podcasts on YouTube, they were de- depending on YouTube advertising money. And they would do this fucking shock shit. They would lie. They would fucking try to be personalities. They'd put on beautiful fucking suits and ties and try to be characters. And they forgot about their listeners. What's the motto that I have been saying for 22 years? I don't talk at you. I talk to you. And that is an intimate relationship that will always remain. And that's not something you can easily do. There's a lot of podcasts out there do shows simply because they want to feel wanted, simply because they want to feel like they mean something. You know, I do it for the love of wrestling. I do do it because I feel like I kind of owe everybody out there for supporting me for 20 plus years. But I thought Conrad was right in what he said. I don't think Conrad was taking any shots against it. You know, that's just one man's opinion. I just feel that, you know, if people really dislike Conrad as much as they do, I would just ignore him. Me, I have had no problem with Conrad. I actually will talk to him once in a blue moon via PM. Nothing about business, but just about, you know, whatever. And I'll say it publicly, I have no problem with the guy. I never had any problem. Look, was he cornering a lot of the podcasts, creating this, creating that? But it's a business. It's a business. And it. I had zero problem with what he said. And I think he's right. You remember when I was doing advice like two or three years ago, and I said too many podcasters today, the first thought out of their mind is how much money I can make from it or what's in it for me. That's a big difference from 10 10 years ago. People that I know, 10 years ago, doing it because I love wrestling. 10 years later, first words out of their mouth, what's in it for me? Soon as you hear the first words out of your mouth, what's in it for me? That's when I realize, okay, I can't really do business with this person because my relationship and what I do, everybody out there, whether you're on Patreon or you're not, You're the lifeblood of what I do. 
So without all of you out there, I'm just talking to myself. And that's the way it always has been. Now, has it generated a bigger audience because of it? Absolutely. You know, I always focus on Stitcher because I just don't have time to focus on 10 different outlets out there. But if I pulled the audio from iTunes and iHeart and Pandora and here and this, this and that and only kept it in one area, we'd be number one every week. Our wrestling show, as far as DTKC and Soup, Solo Monster you can include as well. If you take away all of the professional shows out there, the Conrad shows, Meltzer, wrestlers, and whatnot, Jericho, you take all the, 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 the pros out there, put them aside, our shows have been the top three consistently for over 10 years. Those numbers are legit. And honestly, for some of my friends in the podcasting land that really got upset at what Conrad said, I don't think he was taking shots at any of us or any of you. But, you know, it caused a lot of controversy this week. But I am interested to see what WWE does with their network. Now, few of you asked me, did I see Raw and SmackDown this week? Yes, I did. I also saw that um, WWE did something to me very, very foolish. Bray Wyatt's going to play along. So Bray Wyatt, no fault in him whatsoever. WWE, to me, just did such a foolish thing. You know, of course they want to be interactive. That's the idea of the social media. That's the idea with the podcast. The more fans feel interactive with, with the WWE, the more they'd be inclined to invest merchandise, pay-per-view, network, tickets, whatever it is. So they posted on Twitter earlier this week, who do you want to see the Fiend attack next or what uh, Hall of Fame or something? I forget exactly what the tweet was, but Bray Wyatt responded and said, Sting, the Fiend wants Sting. Now, I don't care if the Fiend is a full-blown heel. I don't care if he's a tweener. I don't care if Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are struggling to which part of uh, Bray Wyatt's brain comes out. I have no problem with any of that. Bray Wyatt is killing it with the character right now. It needs to be on TV a little bit more. It's just my opinion. But the idea that WWE is making this interactive with fans, I think, is a big mistake. And I know some of you out there may be thinking, oh, DT, you're just nitpicking a little bit. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. The Fiend, listen to the commentators. They act shocked like they just saw a beheading. They are fucking creeped out. You see a fucking Firefly Funhouse segment as soon as it ends. They're like, I don't know what we just saw. They're all fucking creeped out by it. But now WWE is like, hey, boys and girls, who do you want The Fiend to attack next? No, you don't do that. It's supposed to come unexpected. It's not supposed to feel like that it's part of the WWE program. Some people will understand exactly what I'm talking about. However, I actually would like a little interaction between Sting and Bray Wyatt. You know, Sting, from what I understand, feels a lot better. You know, not obviously killing his body. And that's just from what some people have said. It's not news. It's not reporting. Um, Do I think Sting would have a full-blown match with Bray Wyatt? I doubt it. But nothing wrong with having a segment. But you don't want it where legends appear. And as soon as a legend appears from now on, you're like, okay, when is the Fiend coming out? When is the Fiend coming out? No, it can't just be that. But somebody is going to come to the rescue 
of a legend or a wrestler. And and that's how you will have your next feud with Bray Wyatt, which is actually a good thing. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Sting have a little interaction with The Fiend. Why not? Oh, and by the way, I told everybody that I was going to be adding to the prize wall for our patrons. The Firefly Funhouse kit that sold out on WWE in five minutes. It's like $300 on eBay. But I'm also including the authentic puppets that WWE just launched. Mercy the Buzzard, the the Boss. I almost said the Buzz. Mercy the Buzzard, the Boss, and Ramblin' Rabbit. Well, they're on back order because they're not even, you know, completely out for sale yet. So I had already got my batch in. Some are going to be for myself. Some are going to be on the prize wall. Well, I got the Mercy the Buzzards, the ones that I ordered. Um, I don't know why they just decided to ship Mercy the Buzzard first because I'm still waiting on the others. But I got to tell you, I haven't had a chance to bring it home because I have it in the office. This fucking puppet is huge. It's huge. It's much bigger. Uh, I know some guys out there, you're a little upset right now. You haven't heard that probably in your lifetime. It's much bigger than I thought it would be. Um, it's much bigger than I thought it would be. Holy shit. I'm telling you, you know, the price are a little steep on WWE's website, but if the boss and rambling rabbit are around the same size, which is what they should be, they're so worth the money. And by the way, uh, very quickly, yes, there will be a predictions contest this weekend for our patrons for AEW's All Out, but I want to make this perfectly clear. We already did a prize wall predictions contest this month with WWE for SummerSlam. All right, unfortunately, I'm not Mr. Moneybags over here. We give away $1,000 or $500 a month in prizes because I also give away shirts and videos out of my own pocket for breakfast soup. So, you know, people were asking, hey, let's do a predictions contest for AEW. Sure, you're going to contribute to prizes? So I decided, you know what, because All Out is a big deal, we are going to do a predictions contest. Now, I am going to post a thread Friday on DonTony.com. I'll give everybody the heads up on Patreon. And um, you got to put your entries in by Saturday, probably at like 2 p.m. Eastern, because AEW's pay-per-view is Saturday and I'm not going to be around. So I have to make sure I got everybody's predictions in and online. And the prize will be smaller than what the normal contest is. Because again, like I said, the big prize for this month uh, was already claimed. And that was the Brock Lesnar CM Punk autograph WrestleMania plaque, which on U- on eBay right now goes for about 350 So uh, since a lot of people wanted a predictions contest for AEW, I am putting one up now. Speaking of AEW, I guess we can talk a little bit about the the pay-per-view and a couple of things. Big news, obviously, you all likely heard about it by now. John Moxley will not be able to perform. He has an infection in his elbow. It is pretty serious. Now, some people are hoping that he could still appear at, at StarCast. I don't know if he's going to be able to. You got to understand something. I, I totally agree that when a lot of people say like, oh, it's just in the elbow, what's wrong? it's not like it's autograph elbow. And even if it is, he doesn't have to sign autographs. He could just be there and just take pictures and smile. Well, it's not just that. Um, there are issues with flying. It is an infection and it's a lot more serious than you think it would be. 
You know, I remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the baseball player, but I remember a baseball player in the major leagues sliding at home. And, you know, just a regular slide. You wouldn't think anything of it. And somehow it opened up staph infection. And the guy got really, really fucking sick in the hospital, full blown because of that. I'm not saying that it's as serious for Moxley, but it's nothing you don't want to you want to fuck around with, and especially with AEW about to launch TV and a rumored pay per view taking place in November. You know the injury is legit. Let him rest. Let him heal up. I don't think the card looks any less, uh, you know, pertinent. Since he's not on it, I don't think, you know, the, if you're ordering it, you're ordering it. I, there's nobody out there that's saying, oh, I'm not ordering it because John Moxley isn't going to be able to appear. There'll be many other AEW events where he can appear, everybody. But let me get into the matches. Some of you out there want predictions. I'm not doing predictions for the simple reason that we're going to do the contest over the weekend. Some of you also ask, will there be an AEW pay-per-view recap? Yes, there will. I don't know if it's going to feature any other hosts that I do shows with because I don't know if they're watching AEW's pay-per-view on Saturday. Um, I will be out for about three or four hours Saturday, so I should be back in time for the pay-per-view. Uh, even if I'm an hour or two late, I am watching anyway. And yes, I am ordering it. I'm paying regular price. I am not ordering the CM Punk interview thing. And seriously... Uh, I just do not want to look at Mike Johnson for 60 minutes. I, I'm sorry. I no, you just you look at the fucking, uh, no, no, I'm not interested. Anyway, Kenny Omega versus Pac, obviously since John Moxley cannot appear. Cody versus Sean Spears. We're going to crown a first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. It's Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page. And for all intents and purposes, almost everybody is predicting Page to win the title. Chris Jericho, obviously, you know, trying to build up the stars of today and tomorrow. Not all in one match, but Jericho is doing a pretty damn good job trying to bring people to the next level. Uh, for the AAA Tag Team Championships in a ladder match, it's the Lucha Brothers defending the titles against the Young Bucks. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to do predictions. I could throw a little comment or two here because it's my show. I don't see any reason why the Lucha Brothers should lose those belts. You felt like when the Young Bucks had it earlier this year, it was put on them simply because of you know the events that they were doing related to AEW. Now with AEW pretty much launched, you know I don't think you need to do the title change, even though anything is possible. Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby All In. You have uh, Best Friends versus The Dark Order. Um, and the winners earn a first-round bye in the tag team title tournament. Say that fast ten times. Rio versus Hikaru Shida. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt versus SCU. Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. That will be on the pre-show. And another match on the pre-show with the winner receiving a women's title shot is going to be a women's casino battle royale. Now, there's a lot of names on there that are not household yet. But you know what? For those that don't watch NXT on a regular basis, there's a lot of names in NXT, even if you do watch on a regular basis, that are not household names yet. So, 
and please, when you look at the the you know the pre-show, the last time AEW had an event, people were so goddamn critical of the pre-show. Please, it's a fucking pre-show. I have been to dark matches that featured radio personalities that didn't know one wrestling move. I'm not saying it's going to be on that bed of, of a level, but my God, stop fucking trying to insist that AEW has a fucking 10-star pay-per-view or nothing. It's not that way. Stop fucking just support it. Let, let them make mistakes. Because when they do make mistakes and they fix those mistakes, then it makes it even better to have this false, you know, idea that everything is perfect, couldn't be any better, everything was five stars, everything was this. No, no, this is a brand new promotion. Baby steps, baby steps. WWE ain't going out of business in five years, maybe not even 50 years. There is no rush to be at the top of the mountain. There's no rush for these events to fucking... No, of course you want to have the biggest buy rate possible. Of course you want to have the biggest ratings possible. Of course you want all the house shows to sell out. But at the end of the day, if if a lot of people are tuning in because of the newness and the exciting factor and being a little bit anti-WWE and wanting to watch an alternative... It's going to end up with TNA. I remember this shit with TNA in 2002. I was reading newspaper articles a couple of months ago from 02 and all the excitement and everything they were doing there. And at that time, they didn't even have free TV. Everything was pay-per-view. You either spent money or you didn't watch it unless you had bootleg or a fucking illegal box. Here you're going to get free TV. And there's all this excitement once again. And when the newness wears off, if the product just feels indie and some wrestlers don't feel like that they're AEW property and they're just being used just like a lot of other feds, then you will be just like really like hit with a baseball bat as far as how things are. Just let things happen, you know, naturally. Just let it happen organically and you will enjoy it a thousand times more. I wish I could say the same regarding this uh, Roman Reigns storyline. I mean, they have been trying to do these cliffhangers with Roman Reigns. I saw the rating this week is down from last week, barely hitting 2 million viewers. I mean, what the fuck is this? We got a lookalike last week. We got the bullshit this week. Does, Does WWE forget? You know, yes, we're ecstatic that Roman Reigns beat leukemia for now and let's hope it never comes back and Roman Reigns the more you get to see a little bit of his of his personal life and you just let you in just a little bit you realize this is an authentic good guy private guy you know not every person is a bad guy simply because they don't let you in in their private world. There's a lot of wrestlers who really want their personal lives extremely private. Roman Reigns is one of them. But this storyline, I mean, tell me why I should like Roman Reigns any more now than I did a month ago. It's just... It's a bad storyline. I don't know who was thinking of this. There better be some shocking payoff or something that... And you know what's bad about it? 
if the payoff is really good, I don't know if you want fans to pop like that. You want whoever the reveal is to be hated by the fans. I mean, look at The Fiend. When The Fiend came out, I mean, the fans loved it, ate it up. And WWE expected that. But with this Roman Reigns storyline, if the reveal is so fucking cool, I mean, are you going to boo that person a little bit more because we're supposed to cheer Roman Reigns? Or if the reveal is so fucking cool that you're like, yeah, kill fucking Roman Reigns. Fucking, yeah, take away his fucking cancer medicine. That cocksucker. You, I don't mean it that serious, but you see where I'm getting at. It can't be too fucking great of a reveal. I still go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. You know, kind of spoof when it was uh, the higher power. You know, instead of Vince going, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. You could probably have Daniel Bryan or Eric Rowan do that to uh, Roman Reigns. It wouldn't be as energetic, though, because if Rowan did it, it would be like, it was me, Roman. I, I always sound like Andre the Giant when I do as a person. It was me, Roman. It was me all along. Now go fuck me in the ass. Don't ask me why I even said that. Anyway, Clash of the Champions matches so far. Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Kofi versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler for the tag titles. Bailey versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's title. Drew Gulak versus uh, Umberto Carrillo for the Cruiserweight title. And the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. A lot of people are starting to really get behind my King Corbin idea. Uh, unfortunately, Queen Evans, I don't know if that actually will pan out. I watched a match against Bailey. I don't know if it was ring rust or whatnot. But she did not look that great at all. I just it did not gel. And, you know, I have been a supporter of Lacey Evans. And no, I'm not going to leave the bandwagon simply because of a bad match or the bad storyline that happened recently. But WWE needs to do a little bit better with some of their talents, especially the women. Because once again, once again... Once again, I said this two years ago. I said it last year. And I also predicted this about two months ago. The WWE is going to do with the women like they do with the Usos and the New Day. At the end of the day, they will fall back on who they f- f- feel is all reliable. Bailey, uh, uh, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. The four horsewomen. And they're doing it once a fucking again. Because who is taking on Becky Lynch? Sasha Banks. Who is taking on Bailey? Charlotte. And all of the other women suffer as a result. And yes, Ronda Rousey will ultimately give birth to child. Ultimately, her hand will be healed. Finger. My God. The fuck happened last week? I hope she could fully recover man was that scary if you don't know what i'm talking about it's not for the weak at heart she almost severed her entire finger it looked like it was severed um i just like hey you know before you reattach it can we take some cool photos <laughs> and that's something i would do too i actually joked with my doctor last week i'm like uh 
you know, could you uh, take a picture of the gallbladder? He's like, nah, we'll we'll do a freeze frame on the X-ray, but you know, we're not taking fucking social media pictures. I was joking with him, and he got a little pissed off at me because I forgot his name. I kept calling him Doctor Gerd. Anybody knows what Gerd is? It's not a pleasant thing. His last name was Held, um, not spelled A H E L D, but similar. But I kept. I knew it was four letters, you know, what it sounded like, and I kept calling him Gerd. Somebody said, who are you here for? Who's doing your surgery? Dr. Gerd. Who's Dr. Gerd? Oh, no, no, Dr. Held, Held, whatever. Anyway, getting back to AEW, they announced that uh, they have signed Tony Schiavone to a full-time multi-year agreement. Now, keep in mind, he will still be able to work for University of Georgia football and the baseball network. He will call play-by-play for the Atlanta Braves AAA team. So when you hear he is going to be working full-time for AEW, um, it's not the full-time that you would think it is. You know, you you work in a supermarket. Hey, I work full-time. That usually means you work for the supermarket and no one else. He's working for Georgia football. He's working for the Atlanta Braves. He's working for AEW. You know, notice how none of those organizations saying he's working full-time for them. Look, he's going to be a big part for AEW, producing, commentating, and I think that's a great signing. I have, See, this is what I love about doing hotlines and podcasts for over 20 years. I have a track record. I don't talk on both sides of my mouth. I was joking with some people earlier today. You want to have some fun and you're bored. Do an advanced Twitter search. Wait until something is trending. And you know some people out there have to throw their two cents in about it. You see things trending. Oh my God, I got to be part of that conversation. And they'll tweet about it. Do an advanced Twitter search and look at that person's history talking about the same topic. And it's fucking hilarious to see people just blatantly talk on both sides of their mouth simply because they want to get some tweet sex. But one thing is for certain, I have done nothing but praise Tony Schiavone in all my years. I like Tony Schiavone. I have never had any problem with him. If any of you out there want some good laughs, you got to see some of the shout outs that he does. Yes, they charge money for it. But there are some X-rated shout outs that he has been doing lately. They are fucking hilarious. Hilarious. Go online and go see them. I don't want to spoil it for anybody out there. But I like me some Tony Schiavone. You know, AEW is smart using Schiavone and Jim Ross. And I know some people out there, they're like, oh, they're all the, the old timers and every time. No, man, that's fucking experience. That's knowledge. That's people who have been through the grind. They're fucking trying to help. They need a fucking, you know, a foundation. And all of these guys could offer their input Shivani working for AEW there is no negative whatsoever zilch zero and if you don't like it don't fucking pay attention to it again I see people out there that do not like AEW are not going to support AEW are not going to watch AEW I respect that don't talk about it I don't fucking watch the Kardashians do I ever tweet about it I don't fucking watch certain things. I don't tweet about things I don't watch. I don't tweet. Why do you have to be in in the conversation of every? You see where I'm going with this? You know, I want feedback 
from people who are actually going to watch AEW and invest time and energy in it. And I will look at the same time, though, I'm going to monitor very closely what kind of response I get from everybody out there. Because if the response is very, very small, AEW's amount of time on my shows will coincide with that. If it is a huge buzz by all of you out there, then I will obviously get into it as well on a much bigger scale. Let's see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. So shout out to DJ Watch Sucks. As I said earlier, I'm not watching uh, the CM Punk interview. Like I said, now with Mike Johnson, you know CM Punk is going to right the wrong that Triple H did to Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson's going to be so happy he's going to cry in the back. His, his lower area is going to be moist again. Those fucking CM Punk underoos that he's going to have underneath his pants, they're going to get wet. You're not going to see him put up on eBay with some fucking pervert buying him. Mm. Having a bulletproof coffee, trying to get some energy over here. Shout out to our associate producers, Tygsy Bauer, Seth Washington, G-Unit, Jay Gambino, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony. By the way, the show is not over. We've got a few other things to get into. Unfortunately, the Enzo Kaz thing was just people having conversations without actually verifying news. I'll bring it up just to let everybody know what I'm talking about. I saw a lot of conversation about Enzo and Kaz this weekend simply because somebody read it on a tweet. And then Meltzer had to clear it up today and say, nope, WWE's not interested. Shout out to our associate producers, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, the man, Stan Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoothie, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nico Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Kloss, out here, Anthony Smith, James Grusa, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers. By the way, still no response from Epic Sports. I will check emails tomorrow. I am leaning towards just putting my own clips on YouTube. It's not hard. Um, I just can't do the history show and do that at the same time. If I 86 the history show, like next week or the week after, then I'll start going through all of my old shows, going back 20 plus years, and start uploading clips and clips and clips and clips on YouTube. Shows this week, you know, the, the weekly shows as well, put highlights, just like Epic Sports and TV Tracks used to do. In fact, I want your input, please. Let me know on social media. Do you want me to end the history show now since we already have over two years? A lot of people don't realize I did two years already. I started in the middle of 17 on my own. And it's we're now in the third trimester of 19, if you want to call it that. So we could stop it and I could start throwing you know, current clips and legendary clips and highlights and old stuff and hotline stuff. Let me know. Because if a lot of you out there, you dictate what I do. And I that's God honest truth. If a boatload of you out there, and look, it's never going to be 100%. There's going to be some people who are going to say, no, 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 please don't end it yet. But if a majority of you out there, unfortunately, a majority rules, say, look, history shows great, but 
you know, put stuff on YouTube, I'll fucking start next week. Shout out to Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Mercoons Jr., Doug McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trello, Tommy Pikeshi, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahog, Julian LeBlanc, Big Red, Brandon Rice, Spider Lewin, the Metaphysic Fox, Carl Boutot, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. By the way, Mike, your best bargains, LLC. I did not PM you yet. There's a lot of you on Patreon. I'm still catching up with messages over the last week, but I definitely will get back to you, and I hope you enjoy the beginning of uh, the history show for this week. That beginning is going to have some funny, subliminal comments and thoughts from some of you out there. Mike will know what I'm talking about. It's lighthearted fun. Nice to do with CM Punk, by the way. Shout out to our new and returning patrons, Dave, Chris Silver, Christopher Antonio Silva, and Preet Nahal Sandhu. Texas Podcast Massacre. You could check them out on YouTube and they have a website. Great podcast focusing on, on, on horror shows from yesteryear. A lot of B films, C films, if that's what you call it. I always try to, I, I'm not trying to like put as the equivalent for what Texas Podcast Massacre does, but I always get a kick out of rock reviews. They review albums from yesteryear. Uh, in such a creative way, please, you don't know what you're missing. All the shows I bring up. If you're into soccer, Shoot the Defense, hosted by Stell. Talks about news from all around the world. A lot of interviews, match reviews. Got a patron, as do a lot of our other sponsors. $2 a month, sign up. You get access to shows that are not available on social media. Some of you have been asking me the last couple of weeks, am I looking to go patron only? Uh, as of right now, no. Uh, down the line, that may be a possibility if I put all my dedication in one area. But um, as of right now, no, business as usual, everyone. I I will. I may have a hard time doing live shows right now because I can't sit up for any long period of time. Believe it or not, as I'm looking at this, this show has gone so far an, uh, an hour or an hour three I already had this stopped, this show, about five times today. What I would do is in the middle of a sentence, I would pause it, and I would continue the sentence where I left off. Uh, I wonder if any of you will be able to pick up where I actually did that, but I'm only be able to do like 15, 20 minutes, and then I'm forced to literally like get up, stretch, lay down. This fucking midsection pain sucks, but I'm hoping it's temporary. The Sneaker Addict, DJ Dells. He's got an awesome podcast, not just about reviewing sneakers. He talks about a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of interviews, very well liked. And Dells knows I never left the bandwagon. Uh, Elman Shaw's got a great display store. I have some of his artwork in my house right now. If you just want to see a really talented artist, not just John Krauser, but Elman Shaw, go to my website, dontony.com, click on the link, check out his display store. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. And Bob, if you hear this, check your PM on Patreon. I sent you a message earlier. Your Best Bargains, LLC. Mike, great people. And uh, you could find them on Amazon and on eBay under the same name. And Raul Romo's House of Cards. If you're into building sets, individual cards, wrestling related, check them out on eBay. Uh, it's got a great... Uh, variety of items there and uh, you know gave me such a generous gift not too long ago that mini tobacco looking Terry Funk card is fucking awesome man sorry for the strong language but that was awesome thank you
Ralph, uh, when I get engaged, will I do a financial plan with my fiance? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, we, we don't live extremely outside of our means. You know, we go to the diner. That's like a big deal. I mean, she knows the deal. And, you know, trust me, getting hit with crazy bills from, you know, the government and Uncle Sam was not fun. And I will have those taken care of. But it just goes to show you, man. You know, it's the, 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 uh, the mentality of some people out there like, oh, all I do is a hotline. All I do is a podcast. You know, Uncle Sam would never pay attention to me. You know, go do that on your own. Seriously. You know, it's just everything is automated now. Everything is computerized now. Computers are not biased. Uh, you know, maybe some, you know, ways to configure it could be biased. But the point is, is that if two plus two doesn't add up to four, you're getting a fucking letter. Plain and simple. Gendermania is running wild. Will there be an all-out review? Yes, there will be. I will definitely be doing one. Some of you may be asking right now, will I do it live? As of right now, yes. I plan on doing it live. Uh, If I do it live, it will be on Discord, just like I do every other pay-per-view recap. Morel Coombs Jr., given the current state of the economy and a prediction of a second recession, what are the odds of another stock market crash, uh, a.k.a. the second Great Depression? I don't know about that. There will be uh, a stock sell-off of over a 1,000 points in the near future. If that deal with China is not inked in the next couple of months, you will see a downturn. But keep in mind, you need to remember what the stock market was couple of years ago when Trump first took office is not to give praise for Trump is just a fact. So even if it went down 5,000 points, yes, that would kill 401ks for a lot of people, but it's still better than what it was when he took office. Um, Jeffrey Collins, will commercial breaks and two hour programming help or ruin or help or ruin the flow of NXT when it comes to USA Network? I don't think it hurt it at all. I don't think the format will be like Raw. Um, Keep in mind that NXT is almost like WWE's ECW. I don't know if anybody is looking at NXT like that right now, but it's almost like Raw is WWF, SmackDown is WCW, and NXT is ECW. I'm not saying it clear cut like that, but my point is, is that this is not intended to be, you know, WWE light, or, you know, just Sunday night. You got to look at it almost like a Sunday night heat. When Sunday night heat did low ratings, nobody was like, oh, my God, look at how low the heat rating is. Because, and, and that was the, the main roster talent, albeit later on it was more the lower card talent. The point is, it's a totally niche product. A lot of people will never agree with me with this, but NXT is a niche product. It's a niche product. And AEW, as much as they don't want to come off WWE-like in their forms of entertainment, they're going to need to have some entertainment aspect that's going to look similar to WWE. They can't be a niche organization. Niche organizations get you pay-per-view buy rates of 50000 after six months or 20000 30000 after a bunch of months. You need to appeal to everybody. Yes, Cody and others said that they're going to focus on their core audience. Absolutely. I said from day one, they're going to be the first ever millennial promotion. 
and they will continue to do so. Focus on your diehard, core, hardcore fans, but you got to branch out a little bit as well without rocking that boat. It's a big challenge. AEW's got, if, if this was easy, there'd be a lot of other AEWs that would have been developed over the years. And I know some of you out there would bring up some promotion. Say, what about this? What about that? There's something different, totally different. Paul Bielowski, like me, he loves the Investigation Discovery Channel. Yes, yes, Netflix, Mindhunters. I actually have it on the queue. I am going to be watching this week. I completely forgot that it's Labor Day weekend, which means I got an extra day to relax. Right now, as I said, it's up in the air for me being on Monday Night Live. And I know what some of you are out there, I'm not, you know, I'm always one step ahead of everybody out there. Hey, Don Tony, if you're in so much pain, how are you going to do an AEW recap Saturday night? Well, because the AEW recap is not going to be more than maybe 30 minutes. It's not going to need to be. Not going to spend five hours on it simply because we're so excited about AEW. I will give it its fair due. And look, if it's really bad for yours truly, then it'll just be pre-recorded. You know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, Kyle sent me some quick rapid fires. What are my favorite types of submarine sandwiches? First and foremost, Italian hero. I know a lot of you that live outside of New York, you may call it the godfather. I mean, for me, an Italian hero is number one. An Italian hero, you need semolina Italian bread. This is how yours truly loves an Italian hero. First of all, you get a semolina Italian bread. If you don't have a mini hero, you take a whole loaf of Italian bread, you cut the ends off. You cut the, the ass off. And then what you do is you gut it. You take all the inside out. You drizzle oil and vinegar, a little bit of oregano, salt, and pepper on both sides of the bread. Just drizzle very, very lightly. Otherwise, the bread turns into a sponge. Then what you do is you put a layer of salami, a layer of boris and ham, a layer of pepperoni, a layer of provolone cheese, a layer of imported brisciotte. If you have domestic brisciotte, that's fine as well. I don't like ham gob- uh, hot gabagol. Some people like to put hot gabagol or even sweet gabagol on there. I don't like it. It just fe- tastes like I'm biting into fucking fat-flavored pussy. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind me copper munching, but when it tastes like fucking fat and peppery, no, not interested. And sweaty, I'm not into gabagol. Ham gabagol is great. You could put ham gabagol on there. Then you got to put a little bit of shredded lettuce Thinly sliced tomato. If you really want to put a couple of green peppers on it as well, and then you fucking eat that. I haven't had one in about six months. I haven't had bread in five months. So I'm a little kind of annoyed at your question. Um, Roast beef and American cheese hero. My God, when they used to come home from clubs late at night, they used to be Otto's Deli. Fucking Pakistani guy was awesome. Three o'clock in the morning, he'd make these chicken cutlet heroes. They would buy this really cheap pre-cooked chicken cutlet that would be in the deli case. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about. And then he would take that, put it on a loaf of Italian bread, microwave it for about 30 seconds, put some American cheese on it, mayonnaise. I go home, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, watching some fucking infomercial or Girls Gone Wild videos and just pigging out. Those are awesome. Um, as a kid, what was my favorite kinds of cereal? Uh, Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, uh, Captain Crunch, absolutely Captain Crunch. Later on, I like grape nuts. Don't ask me why. Do I drink milk? Uh, right now, it's almond milk, unsweetened almond milk. 
Sometimes I have a little bit of cashew milk. It's not so bad. You have to, it has to grow on you. Favorite types of cheese, ricotta salata, uh, sharp provolone, extra sharp provolone, feta cheese. I like Swiss, American. Favorite, least favorite movies that take place in New York City. Um, I absolutely love Escape from New York. I know it's dated, but I fucking love it. In fact, I, honestly, after I'm done with this, I think I'm going to watch it tonight. Least favorite New York City? I don't know. I, you know, I look at it like this. If, if, if I don't like a movie, I just don't watch it. And if I'm halfway through it and it sucks, I turn it off. So I, I, I can't think of none offhand. At my home, do I have an electric stove or a gas stove? I have gas. What temperature do I set my thermostat at in the summer for air conditioning? Uh, 73, sometimes 74. That's how I usually like to keep it. And um, he keeps his at 72. That's, that's pretty cold. Uh, and he asked basically the same question. Um, can I describe the layout of my house when I grew up? What color is it? Believe it or not, you go on my Twitter. I posted a photo of what my house used to look like. And it's cool because it's from Christmas time. You could see my old two-tone Buick Regal as well. Um, and the house I grew up in, uh, my parents have in Rockaway, there's photo of that as well. It's, it's, it's brick and cement, so it's not really a color. But, um, you know, the house in Middle Village that I used to have, go, go look at it. It's pretty cool. As far as the layout of the house, my old house, I would walk in. Living room would be to the right. Left would be the kitchen. I'd have, you know, two bedrooms, my room, my brother's room, and a bathroom. The basement would be where all, you know, the madness would go. I used to have my jit gel fucking magazines, like hidden where you would like turn the water off. when it, Whenever it rained really, really bad, I had to make sure to make a dash to the basement, take my dirty magazines out from the fucking valve area. Because my father would be like, oh, it's going to rain, honey. We got to turn the water off so there's no flood in the basement. And if I didn't fucking catch it in time, he'd go down there and find my mags. And one time, my mom did find my mags. How I knew, I went down there and my mags were gone. And she knew that I wasn't going to say, Ma, um, did you find my social studies book? But that's pretty much what it was. And then my parents would sleep on the second floor. I mean, our house was very uneventful. You know, my father had to work three jobs to support us growing up. So he really didn't have it like that. But when he started generating money, he was able to, you know, refurbish the house and expand it. That's why I really hope you go to my Twitter and look at uh, some of the photos I have there. I think you'll really get a kick out of it. Roger, uh, thank you for the kind words. And my father as well. He's, he's Believe it or not, he might have to get this procedure done where they inject cement into his back because his disc is like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like um, drooped might be the best way to put it. He's got such horrible pain. I'm still bird sitting. In the midst of all this, I still got the bird over here. You might hear some chirps in the background. What is Dave Meltzer's legacy in pro wrestling going to be when he retires? Do I think his tweeting is hurting AEW's credibility? No, not at all. Dave Meltzer is one of the greatest wrestling journalists of all time. Um, on the level of Bill Apter, may not may even be further. As far as dirt sheets, you're never going to be 100%. National Enquirer was never 100%, and neither was a lot of other outlets. So I, I laugh how people used to always rip him when he used to get something wrong here or there. 
Uh, I have been a subscriber of his for years and years and years. I still am now. I say I'm one of those rare people that subscribe to him and also pay money for Vince Russo. I like both. Meltzer is very respected in my eyes to me. Um, sure, some of his ratings are over the top. Sometimes he is not hurting AEW at all. And I say the same thing about him, like I say on Conrad. If you don't like Dave Meltzer, if you disagree with Dave Meltzer, you think Dave Meltzer is a joke, which I do not. Why do you pay attention to Dave Meltzer? I see these podcasters who can't stand the fucking man. And because he rates a match five stars, they're on social media ripping him and ignore him. If you don't like him, ignore him. Shit. Why are you talking about him? If you don't fucking read his shit and you don't follow him and you don't fucking pay attention. Why? Because you know you get responses? Seriously, shut up. This is a general statement. It's not anybody in particular. Uh, Andrew 914, do I prefer the music videos on MTV or VH1 back in the 90s? MTV all the way. Although they really started to uh, regionalize. I think it might be the safe word for me to use. If anybody remembers how MTV started changing in the early 90s with their music, uh, I didn't like it. I like VH1, seemed a little bit more variety in the 90s, and I still have quite a, a bit in my collection. And this is great, man. For anybody who remembers this, I, I salute you. Did I prefer Video Music Box or Yo! MTV Raps? Notice how you I brought in, added the word Yo! because you didn't leave it on your in your question. Uh, video Music Box. Absolutely loved video music box. Anyone out there that wants to get a good look at some of the old school hip hop that I used to love and enjoy growing up, go on YouTube. You got to search it in quotations. Otherwise, you'll get all these other matarazzas out there that have nothing to do with the show. Just type in video music box or video music box in quotation and add 80s after it. Go watch some of the footage. You will fucking love it. Sharon Pierce, what is something that I never appreciated as a child but appreciate today as adult? Easy. My parents. My parents. I took them for granted when I was young. I always talk about the story that I had the guilt trip to this day about my dad. You want to know? So I told my dad that story about a month ago. Totally blown away by it. I told him the story. Could not believe it. And he said to me, because you remember that after all of these years? I said, yeah. I said, I've been wanting to tell you that story for about 20 years. Never did. And he really appreciated it. You could, you could feel the, uh, the appreciation. And um, my parents, easily my parents. You know, my friends to a certain extent, since I don't hang out with them like I used to, but my parents, easily. Uh, David Peralta, what's the worst restaurant experience I ever had? Honestly, I have never really had a bad experience. Um, I think the I thought about this question. The only thing that comes to mind is one time I took this chick to an Italian restaurant and she sneezed into my food and I was fucking pissed off. I don't remember what we ordered, but I know I ordered, you know, food with the idea that I better get laid after type dinner. Like, I, I think she ordered, like, shrimp scampi, and I might have ordered steak. It was an expensive dinner. And we're having a conversation, and yeah, look, people sneeze. I mean, it happens. We all do it. But she didn't even, like, turn her head the other way, and you could see that it was coming. 
And if it was, you ever see like these slow motion TV shows or commercials that are meant to be funny? If you could just picture this, I'm in the restaurant back in the early 90s, hanging out with this chick that I, I'm, you know, seeing. And I want to, you know, impress her, wine her, dine her, you know, not get her drunk and take advantage of her, but have some fun after her. You know, the, the perfect end to a night, you know, is, you know, busting a nut when you're with your loved one, I would think. So we're in it, and I see... You know, she like holds her head up for a second. You could see the sneeze coming. And if you could put it in slow motion, you would hear me go, no. <laughs> sneezed all. What, what can I do? I couldn't eat it. That, what am I supposed to say to the, to the fucking waiter? Waiter, she sneezed on my food. Can you give me another fucking $50 steak? Ruined the night, man. Ruined the night. She apologized. I don't remember how the night ended, but for me to remember that to this day, I was like, no, right in my fucking food, this fucking bitch. Anna, do I think there'll ever be in a money in a bank for tag teams? Yes. If WWE could get publicity, get a rating, Maybe even do a house show with it, or I don't know what a pay per view. Why not? They got to be a money in the bank for the women. Think about it. I mean, look, I know you're a woman, uh, intelligent one at that, and I'm not saying this to be sexist, but you know what WWE's thinking is the last couple of years? If it's good enough for the men, it's good enough for the women. There is what definitely going to be a queen in a the ring. There has to be. It's, it's, it's in development, I'm telling you. That's not me reporting news. It's common sense. They, yeah, do it for tag teams. I don't know if this is the right time to do it for tag teams. I think you introduce Queen of the Ring, and maybe next year or the year after, you do it for tag teams. What do I think about the government chaos going on in Italy? My brother's wife's father is in Italy right now, and I talked to him a little bit on uh, the phone, and he was telling me that it is in such disarray And it's really, really sad to see what's going on in Italy right now. And they are very, very concerned. Um, The one thing, though, is a lot of people that I know that still live in Italy, they live in the mountainous areas. So the city life, and look, we're talking about more like Rome, you know, Naples around there, but um, they're more shunned away, you know, uh, blocked from that. It's like as if... If you, I don't know where you live, but wherever you live right now, whether it's in the United States or England or beyond, you decide you're going to pack up and just move to the country side, get a little cottage or live near the mountains where virtually no one is in walking distance of where you live. You'll see stuff on TV and the news, but honestly, your biggest challenge is to, you know, shit, I got to drive five mil- miles to get milk. That's a lot of people that I know. So even though there's a lot of crazy shit going on in Italy right now, it's not affecting them firsthand. And I think a lot of them are just waiting it out. And uh, last but not least, Paul, he sees, and this is going to have a little wrestling answer, everybody. He sees Elizabeth Warren is tied in the polls with crazy Uncle Bernie. Either one of these jack holes really makes him angry. They want to get free college, free health care, citizenship. How's about taking care of veterans? Look, Paul.
I've said it before. Elizabeth Warren uh, claims that we're about to hit another recession, but yet she's offering free stuff for everyone. People are smart enough to put two and two together and say, how could you be offering me something for free if you think the economy's going to crash? Use your own household as an example. Your father comes home, Dad, I want a car. Son, we're about to lose our house. We, we don't have the money to pay for it. You know, I can't, can't afford all these bills. Honey, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go buy a, a diamond ring. It, does, it just make, doesn't make sense. Look, if you want to use politics right now to wrestling, this is plain and simple. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are a niche promotion, a lucha underground, where you will get some buzz, where you will have your core audience, where you will have your diehearted supporters, but at the end of the day, it is not going to compete with Joe Biden, who is WWE. That's the best way I could describe the Democratic Party right now. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they can only go so far. And they, just like a lot of these smaller wrestling federations, they can only go so far in the ratings. At the end of the day, they hit a plateau, and that's as far as they go. But Joe Biden is WWE. At the end of the day, WWE is going to win out. And AEW right now, they're very smart. I know some diehards out there don't like when they say they're not in competition with WWE. Worry about your product being great. Stop worrying about WWE being bad. One of the bonus questions, if we do bonus questions, I'm not sure. I want to keep the predictions contest simple on Patreon this week. It's probably just going to be pick the winners, choose a a tiebreaker, that's it. Because the tiebreaker, we're not going to have two people predict the same time. So that's what we'll probably do. Very simple. I don't even think we're going to use confidence points. Pick a winner. Pick the tiebreaker. Whoever wins, wins. Plain and simple. Because it's going to be a cash prize. Probably like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. So simple. But with AEW, you know, you want their product to be good. If I did bonus questions this weekend, and even if you're not on Patreon, everyone, I think you'll agree with me on this. What's the over and under on how many times a a direct or indirect shot at WWE is taken during that pay-per-view? How many wrestlers will get on the mic and make a remark? How many fucking subliminal messages? I would be shocked if AEW did everything this weekend and not bring up a WWE reference anywhere. They did that. That would send such a signal to WWE like... You know what? You're not on our you're not on our mind. You're not on our brain. We're not even thinking about you. We're worried about ourselves. We're concerned about what we do. And that's not them being afraid of WWE. Again, be great because you're great, not because someone else sucks. And with that, I am out of here. Everyone, be well. I will be back in two weeks with your next edition of Breakfast with Blossy. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. Let me know once again. Should I continue the history shows forward? Or do I focus more on YouTube clips, current content, historic content, you know, old school stuff? Let me know. Definitely need your input. That's going to dictate where everything goes a week from now. All right, everyone. I'm out here. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. 
New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer. Agent, myhealthpolicy.com. 